Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Santarelli, and this is a podcast for those of us who are just obsessed with all things diet culture, and we like to discuss the details and mention it all. All right, let's get into the episode. So today I'm going to be doing a couple of podcast reviews, just a snippet from a podcast called Not Skinny But Not Fat. It's also her Instagram handle. It's from Amanda Hirsch. And because she had uh, Remy Bader on there, who is an influencer, and uh, they talked Ozempic. So of course, you all know I'm interested in the topic of Ozempic. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then I'm going to be doing a couple of podcast episodes or reviews on uh, something called What What the Actual Fork. So it's a podcast that I got introduced to because the Diet Starts Tomorrow girls were guests. So I'll be doing a couple of podcast reviews. I listened to like three of their episodes. So I'll be doing that. But first, a personal recap. So I am still here in Maine. Uh, I'm trying to, I, I canceled my flight back to Arizona because I'm, again, still trying to buy this car. We need a vehicle for our business and I am I need money to do that. <laughs> and we can't get credit because it's cannabis. And so I'm still waiting for either this Cureleaf money or this wire transfer from this investor that's supposed to be giving us money. And I mean, this is the same conversation I've been having with everybody in my life for the past like four months now. And we're still in the same position. It's it's absolutely insane. I, I, I this is, again, why I started this podcast, because I have complete control over this. I can record when I want to. I can do whatever I want to, whenever I want to. And this cannabis company is just the bane of my existence. It's everything so slow. It's ridiculous. So anywho, I'm still here hoping to fly back uh, on Sunday, but we shall see. I'll definitely be here all next week. So, you know, I'm still, you know, I'm still definitely a little bit out of my routine. Uh, I have been getting a little bit more activity in because I've had to walk the dog. Uh, If you follow me on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast, I've been taking little Brady, who's my mom's dog, for walks in the morning because she's had to go to work. And so that's been good. It's actually getting me out of the house, getting me up, getting some cardio in, Uh, You know, I always have the best intentions to go out for runs or walks when I come to Maine. And of course, when I get here, I'm like, oh my God, it's so cold. I don't want to go outside. (laughs) But uh, this has gotten me outside the house. And most days it's been good. Uh, The first day I went out, I fell twice because it was really icy. And of course, I was trying to take content. So yeah, that that felt good. Um, And but yeah, I mean, I think this is one of the important things about strength training, right? Like, having uh, dense bones so that you don't break them when you fall. That is very important. So so definitely getting a little bit more activity in. I did some yoga today. I'm not I'm not binging, which is good. I'm I'm definitely eating more at night than, you know, I mean that's my favorite time to eat, as we all know. So I'm I'm I have been, you know, enjoying some ice cream or enjoying some, you know, some dairy queen or you know, some of my pastries or something like that. But I'm not, you know, there was a time and there's many times that I've eaten so much at night that it makes me sick. And that that was like what I used to do when I used to come home. I would like eat so snack after snack after snack, just mindless eating until I was like literally my stomach hurt. 
So I haven't been doing that, which is good. So I don't think I've really gained too much weight. I, I haven't had a scale. Um, usually the scale in my mom's bathroom works and, and she has another one, but we have no scales here. So I haven't gotten on the scale. Um, but just from from how I know my body, I don't think I've, I think maybe I've put on a few pounds, but nothing, nothing too major. So that's good. Uh, I have had a little bit of balance, more activity, uh, drinking my protein, just a pre-mixed chocolate protein shake in the morning. Um, I have been eating a lot of bagels, lots of desserts, but, you know, having salads, having eggs, having a good amount of protein. So, you know, definitely a little bit more balanced than I typically am over the holidays and still really focusing on enjoying anything I want to eat not holding myself back from anything or restricting anything. So, um, but just really focusing on, you know, not like binging and making myself sick. So that's a win. Thai food. I've had a lot of Thai food. I actually just had some Thai food before I hopped on. Uh, My favorite Thai restaurant or one of my favorite Thai restaurants is here. So got some fresh rolls, some green curry fried rice, which is delicious. Um, we tried, my mom and I tried to go to a movie the other day. Uh, so I was like, oh, I'll get the tickets. I'll try to buy, well, I did buy some tickets online. So we go to this movie where it was supposed to start at 320. So we get there and, and there weren't like that many films that were playing. There was Avatar, there was like Puss in Boots. I mean, we wanted to go to kind of early movie. Uh, and so I, I did end up getting tickets to this movie called Plane, which was kind of like an action movie with Gerard Butler. And um, I bought some Swedish fish. So we're, you know, sitting in the movie theater. I'm eating my Swedish fish. Like, Why isn't the movie coming on? Like, what's going on? We're the only ones in here. The movie's not playing. So I go out and find out that I bought tickets for the following Saturday, not the current Saturday it was. So I thought I was going to exchange. So at first I exchanged them for Avatar tickets because I'm like, okay, it's like Avatar starting in 10 minutes and it's 3D. So let's just do that. But then my mom got all stressed out because she didn't want to sit through a three hour movie and the dog was going to be hungry and we weren't going to get back till late. And so I was just like, forget about it. Let's just let's just go home. So I returned the, t- the Avatar tickets. This poor manager hated me. No, he was actually really kind and, and took care of me. So we're going to go back um, tomorrow. This is today. I'm filming or taping this on Friday. So we're going to go try to watch Plane again tomorrow at 320. I got some delicious coconut macaroons to eat during the movie, probably sneak those in. So I'm ready to go. And hopefully we successfully see this movie tomorrow. Uh, We did go and have, uh, we tried to have hibachi. Well, we had hibachi after. Now, I love Benihana. I don't know if any of you live in a a state that has Benihana, but Benihana is delicious. Uh, They have them all over LA. I used to, when I used to live in California, I used to go with my ex and the the fried rice, the vegetables, chicken, the shrimp, all those sauces that you could dip everything in. Mm, So, so, so good. The one here in Augusta, not so good. Definitely not Benihana. And of course, I wasn't drinking, so I didn't have any alcohol. Had a little bit of a Thai, like a Thai iced tea that was, I don't know, I thought it was going to be delicious, but it was, it had a weird aftertaste. Like at first it tasted really good when you first sipped it, but then 
towards the end, it had this really weird herby aftertaste that was not that pleasant. And the problem with this hibachi <clears throat> was they they put way too much sauce on. I'm I'm a person that likes light sauce. I'm not someone that likes sauce all over my plate and doused all over my protein. I just don't like that much sauce. So um, so I don't know. It was okay. It wasn't great. I did see, so my sister's on her way to New York with her boyfriend, and they're going to go see where he grew up, and she posted this picture of a, of a cruffin. So it's, it's like a cronut, but, but a, a mix between a croissant and a muffin, OMG. So she, it was from this bakery in Kittery which I think I have to pass when I go to Boston next week. Hopefully I'm going to go to Boston next week to buy a car. Uh, but this Cruffin, I was like, oh, my God. So I immediately started following this bakery. It's in Kittery. And the sandwich that they posted today, it was this Tuscan vegetarian Mediterranean deliciousness that I was like, oh, my God, I need to go try that sandwich. It looks so good. So hopefully I'll be stopping there, picking up some pastries, maybe grabbing a sandwich next week. I'll be posting about it and reporting on it on my next podcast. Okay, so that was my review, my recap on Maine. Now let's get into the review of Not Skinny But Not Fat, Amanda Hirsch with Remy Bader. So this caught my attention because, of course, the topic centered around Ozempic. Now, Remy Bader, I have talked about her on a, on an older podcast. I can't remember exactly what the topic was. But Remy is, is an influencer. She, she blew up on TikTok and Instagram from doing these realistic hauls. And this is a girl who always, always, always wanted to be famous, wanted to be an influencer. And she was in PR. So she's got that like gift of gab. She's a talker. She's a social butterfly. And over the pandemic, she had reached out to a bunch of influencers to try to be their assistant. She just really wanted to get close to celebrities and learn from them and figure out how to do this influencing thing. But then she ended up blowing up herself from doing these real realistic hauls. And ironically, she blew up after she had gained a ton of weight. So this is a girl who had gained a ton of pandemic weight. Um, well, she calls it the pandemic weight. And and really, and I relate to how she gained weight, because the way that she would gain weight was from overindulging, binging at night, you know, getting all this food. And she gained she gained, I think, like 50 to 80 pounds in less than a year. It was a very short period of time where her binging got out of control. And she, and again, she gained this weight in a very, very short period of time. So, you know, to look at her and, you know, her, her realistic hauls, you know, she doesn't consider herself like a body positivity influencer. She's not like... I don't think she would ever want to be called a fat activist, you know, like I like I talked about on my last podcast. Remy does want to lose weight. She does want to be, you know, she she she's interesting because she's very honest about, you know, not being happy with where she's at. But but she did become famous and she did get this huge following from 
the realistic calls where she would show how how clothes from these different, you know, very popular websites looked on looked on her larger size body. And so and and that that ended up going viral because, you know, people would do hauls before where they would try on a bunch of clothes, but it was always these like really thin models. Nobody ever dared to show, you know, their love handles, ho- ho- you know, coming out the side or when things don't even zip because it just it's so ill fitting. And she was one of the first to do that and got very, very famous. So so that's the the irony, right, is that she she finally became who she always wanted to be once she gained all this weight. And and part of it was from being vulnerable and putting it out there and just showing people the reality of like what she was dealing with. So she went on Not Skinny But Not Fat and she was and, and I, I again was attracted to this show because uh, it, she talked about the title in it was Remy Bader talking about Ozempic and her boyfriend. And I'm like, okay, and love hearing about people's romantic relationships. And and I was curious about this new boyfriend she had because I knew she'd never had a boyfriend before. And I was also curious, like, is she going on Ozempic like everybody else in, in you know, in the world? But turns out that Remy had actually been on Ozempic before anybody else was on it. She was she was offered Ozempic when it had just 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 been released from the FDA and it was before all the celebrities started doing it and she went on it. She started losing some weight. She was very nervous about it. You know, she's not she said she's deathly afraid of needles. Her parents were like, "What are you doing?" But she, you know, she was recommended that she go on it because she was pre-diabetic. She had gained like 50 to 80 pounds in a very short period of time and her doctors were recommending that she go on it. So she went on it and she she did lose weight. And she doesn't really talk about at least in this episode, she didn't really talk about any side effects that she felt like she would that she was having. She does talk about side effects, but she didn't really, I don't think she really mentioned them on this specific podcast. Um, But, but anyway, she had other side effects. Now the podcast started out the, the where it started, there's a lot of podcasts here before it, they finally started talking about like, uh, you know, body issues and Ozempic and all of these things. And Remy talked about that the first time she actually thought about her body was when her sister actually lost a ton of weight and people started comparing her to her sister. Someone said, oh, you're the prettier sister, but she's the skinnier sister. And she's like, I don't know why. She's like, but that stuck in my head. And then apparently her sister lost a ton of weight over a summer and her sister had never been one to really take pictures, but then suddenly she like changed and wanted to take take pictures and wanted to be an influencer. She's like, I'm going to be an influencer now. And I guess Remy, like all of her guy friends were like, wow, like your sister's like, like super hot. Like how did that happen? And she said that she just got angry. And she doesn't say that she didn't say in this podcast she was jealous, but I think that probably was jealousy too, like anger, jealousy. She wanted to be the influencer. She wanted to be the one in front of the camera. And she wanted, of course, who doesn't want attention from the, you know, from the the sex that you're attracted to, right? It's, 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 you know, 
a lot of people want that attention. It, that's that's a natural human experience, right? My sister and I were always very, very close in age. Uh, you know, she's a year and a half older than me. So the same thing happened to she and I. We were always compared. People always, um, you know, kind of put us in competition with each other. Uh, now we just en- like endlessly support each other. But, you know, I think one of the reasons I'm a competitive person in life is because like of how we were raised, just competing with each other all the time. So that definitely can happen between siblings. Now Remy says she's definitely more at peace. She said she doesn't compare herself to other people's bodies anymore, which is actually great. And and I and it's it's surprising that she's able to control that now because of the fact that she wants to lose weight. Right. It's one thing if you if you found body acceptance and you found self-love and you're like, this is me. And and, you know, I think when you're still chasing a goal, typically, I think a lot of people are more apt to compare yourself to other people. But it, it, that is the thief of joy. Comparison is absolutely the thief of joy. And so it's great that Remy is not doing that anymore, especially with her own sibling, which which can be very harmful to, you know, a relationship between siblings. Um, but I, I did like that she was speaking very honestly about she, that she doesn't want to represent body positivity. And, and she's got a lot of, you know, she's got her team because she is, you know, she has so many followers. She has like an assistant. She has PR people. And and they, she, she was talking about how they are very careful with the words that she chooses and, and to not put herself out there as being body positive. Because some people, she's like, some people consider me fat phobic, you know, because she wants to get to a better place, wants to get into a better headspace. And and she's like, you know, those are the people that are the most vocal, the people that will be like, well, screw that. She talks about wanting to lose weight. She's not body positive. And and she, you know, and and there are there's it's always the minority. Right. But there's there's a very vocal, negative minority of people out there that just are waiting to get angry, especially when you've reached, you know, the status that that Remy has with the amount of followers that she has. Um. She said some people call her body neutral, but she doesn't even necessarily think of herself uh, like that. Uh, what Amanda Hirsch, who's the host of Not Skinny, Not Fat, she's the creator of that that Instagram handle and this brand. Um, she thinks of of she, but she, the word she called it with Remy is like uh, body body nor not body normal. Um, what was it? Body, not body neutral, but uh, she used some kind of word. Body open, I think. Because, you know, because Remy's very vulnerable and open and honest and puts herself out there, but is also, you know, but is also not saying like, oh, I just love my body the way it is. Like she does want to make positive health changes in her life. She wants to stop binging. Um, so, so that's why, you know, Remy is very careful. And then of course there's people that perceive her a certain way. And that's, I liked how Amanda was just really curious in this interview and was just asking her questions. And Remy in return was, was asking her questions. Like Remy was, Remy was surprised that, that Amanda hadn't gotten a lot of flack for the name of her Instagram handles, not skinny, but not fat. And, and, and how, 
she she Remy was like, wow, you haven't gotten a lot of hate for just even using those words because they're so polarizing, like the word skinny and the word fat. And Amanda was like, well, no. She's like, I mean, I was just using it to describe my body. She's like, at the time, that's just how I felt. She's like, I was always the one with the, the boobs and the butt in school where all the other girls were flat. And she goes, so I just, she goes, but I wasn't, you know, you know, I wasn't in a societally, you know, in a body that people societally would, would call me fat. She goes, but I was just always kind of like in the middle here and and Remy was just marveling at it that you know for the amount of hate that Remy gets that that Amanda hasn't also gotten that kind of hate uh but you know Remy was just like look a lot of people could get triggered with that uh you know I I get a I, I she's like I trigger a lot of people she's like I realize I need to be careful but Amanda was like well she's like you know I talk about she's like I used to talk more about that now Amanda's not skinny but not fat has become more of like a a celebrity focused Instagram page so it's not even really about anything to do with body or body positivity or anything like that at first I thought I'd be reviewing way more um, podcasts of Amanda Hirsch's of not skinny not fat because of that handle but she doesn't really talk about it so so that's why this one caught my eye because I'm like okay this is this is right up my alley here and so so then they got on the topic of Ozempic so I, I kind of got ahead of myself you know kind of leading with that but Amanda loves this topic you know Remy yeah, I guess Remy has gotten Remy's gotten hate for talking about it because she's talked about some of the repercussions she suffered from taking it. And and Amanda's like, look, anytime people talk about weight, just society just goes crazy. They just can't handle it. And and Remy also gets triggered by by talking about weight. She's like, I hate that Ozempic is trendy now. She's like, I went on it because I truly needed it. She's like, I was pre-diabetic and I had gained 80 pounds. She's like, there are people that absolutely need it. And those are the people that were like reaching out to me and saying, don't, don't trash on this. Like this is, this saved my life. This allowed me to, to, to have a normal relationship with food. This helped me not binge anymore. So what happened to Remy, though, she said that her, because her doctors were rec- recommending it so strongly, she decided to take it. Um, and but then the, the, when she got off of it, she got she got even into binge like way her binging got way worse. She said she got starving when she went off of it. So when you're on it, apparently you just don't have any appetite. But she said when she went off of it, she became starving and she ended up gaining double the weight back. Now that is the fear, right? That, that, that people, right? Some, you know, take something or they go for that quick fix and then they gain so much more weight than when they initially started. That's the danger with, diet culture with fast fixes. Now, there the people that there are people that have kind of like set their minds to taking it forever. People with diabetes, there are some people that would need to take it forever. There are Now, I talked to a nurse practitioner who said regardless, you can eat eat right through it. And of course, like if if you just it's just like you know this woman that that said this to me she had also had weight loss surgery she had had two weight loss surgeries and she had eaten through those weight loss surgeries she gained 
all the weight back. She's like, it's just like that. She's like, anybody can, you know, it's not going to work for everybody. You can eat through it and not lose weight. And so just like I'm sure people will gain weight if they're not going to take it forever, right? You, you, there's a lot of people that will gain the weight back and then some. So that's, that's, that's just what people have to like look at if they're going to move forward with something like this. Um, and so, and so, yeah, she, that she talked about, well, Amanda talked about how, I guess she, Amanda's annoyed at like the celebrity culture that's just doing it for like the last 10 pounds because people are having trouble accessing it that truly need it. <clears throat> she talked about how Chelsea Handler was like giving it out to her friends. She's like, yeah, people stop by, take my shots, get their shots. Uh, you know, and, and she, Amanda had heard about it from an industry friend that was, that's, you know, tied into celebrity culture who, you know, it was like, you know, nobody's talking about it, but everybody's taking this. And Amanda hasn't really called anybody out specifically, but she's like, look, she's like, if there's celebrities out there that have never been this thin and then suddenly they are, hmm, it's a little bit ironic that this, you know, weight loss drug is trending. Uh, so Remy, you know, again, got that angry feedback from people that used to have those crazy binge thoughts, but now they're at peace with food. So, you know, again, it's it's like anything else to each his own. It's it'll work for some people and it won't work for other others. And, you know, as long as you're doing your research, you just got to look at it and, and make a call for yourself. All right. So that was my review of Not Skinny But Not Fat. So now let's get into What the Actual Fork. Now, What the Actual Fork is a podcast I heard about because the Diet Starts Tomorrow girls were on it, Remy and Emily. And this is a podcast from two registered dietitians, Sammy and Jenna. Now, I have to say that I didn't really take notes for the episode that the Diet Starts Tomorrow girls were on. I just kind of listened to it for enjoyment and I enjoyed it. I didn't really get a sense of what what the for what the actual fork was all about because it was mainly Emily and um Emily and uh what's her name? <laughs> Remy talking about Remy Casimir. Uh, talking about like stuff that they were interested in. So so I went back and listened to the very, very first episode of What the Actual Fork. Before I did that, I read some reviews of it. And there was, well, there was a lot of positive reviews. And then there was a negative review. And the negative review had to do with, it was a person that was like, these two registered dietitians, it's the same old bullshit. It's just people with you know, two RDs that are that have disordered eating, and they're just covering it up by trying to talk about, you know, using all of this approved language now. But so so and again, that's not verbatim what that review was. But it was it said something to the effect that these RDs are just, you know, diet culture wrapped in a different envelope or something. So so I was curious. And and actually, they were talking about how good this other podcast was called Wholehearted Eating. So I did actually go check out Wholehearted Eating, and it's by two other registered dietitians, uh, this woman, Dana, and this other girl, Christina. And 
you know, it made me think that there's this like this 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 concept of like wellness wars happening because you know these these RDs on on what on wholehearted eating were kind of like you know we're the, we're the good registered dietitians watch out for those bad ones and i'm kind of like well who's to say that you're the good ones right i, I don't know I, I i'm also very wary of people that are like trashing on other people and being like we're we're the ones that are right don't you know don't pay attention to them so and and that's not to say that the dana and christina from wholehearted eating are negative people they seem like quality rds that are intelligent and smart and actually, when I did go and listen to what the actual fork, at least the very first episode, I did kind of understand what this this reviewer was talking about. So what the actual fork used to be called the drunk dietitians. Now, I didn't realize this until the second episode I listened to or the third episode I listened to. So I went back to to listen to the very first one, which I do for most new podcasts that I'm listening to. And the very first thing that you hear on here is is them, you know, cracking open a glass of, you know, a beer or, you know, pouring a glass of wine and they're, you know, they're they're clinking their glasses and they're drinking. And it was funny because like I had just started dry January and I'm like, oh God, this is gonna like trigger me. I'm gonna want to go <laughs> I want to drink. So so I I I listened to that very, very first episode. And the reason that they started it, so let me just kind of get into the actual review and then I'll I'll share my thoughts on it. So the reason that Sammy and Jenna, these two RDs started what the actual fork, which at first was called the drunk dietitians, was because they can't stand the diet culture bullshit. They're like, there's so much more to life than trying to choose a smaller body. Oh, this is their intro. Go, go grab your favorite cocktail and, and you know, come to this happy hour. So I was, I was kind of like, wow, that's an interesting intro. They're like wanting people to drink. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't know that that registered dietitians actually promoted alcohol. Uh, and they started out with some rapid fire questions, which was super random. I guess they wanted the audience to get to know each other. It, it was weird. It didn't sound like a, a first podcast when they first started it. But then it then it got into it. So they, they introduced themselves. So Jenna is the first woman. And she was like, she got into being a registered dietitian because she always loved food. And apparently a career coach directed her towards that because she loved food. And that's, you know, the school counselor kind of was like, oh, you should be a dietitian. And uh, I guess one of the first days that she was in class, the professor brought up disordered eating and so she she's like, oh, and then I reflected back and she's like, she was an athlete at nine, a soccer player. Now, Jenna has an interesting voice. I I imagine that my voice is very irritating to some people. Jenna's is, you know, it's now it was it was listenable. I am someone who I there have been podcasts I've had to shut down before. I c- couldn't even get through it. There's this crime junkie podcast. I can't I don't know the exact actual name of it, but there's a host. I just I cannot listen to this voice. Jenna has a it she kind of sounds a little bit like a valley. It's not a valley girl. I, I'm trying to explain 
go listen to the podcast and you'll understand what I mean. But she 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 was reflecting it was hard to understand her story to be completely honest because it was it was all over the place she talked about how she was an athlete at 9 and she had a lot of muscles and she was very athletic and she was surrounded by her tall thin family and looking back she didn't love her body she didn't have boobs she was eating she was athletic she would eat cheese and nuts in college and would wake up and exercise, trying to stay a zero. I don't know. It was, it was very all over the place. It was like first she was saying that she didn't understand because she didn't think she had disordered eating. But then when she reflected back, she realized she kind of did have disordered eating. And and then she said she wasn't unhealthy. She wasn't unhealthy looking. She was puffy. But people didn't worry about her because she looked she didn't look unhealthy and again it was so sammy the other rd that's that's her her co-host kept kind of jumping in and kind of like correcting the words that she should be using sammy would jump in and be like you mean uh unhealthy by society standards right so 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 it was it was funny because sammy kind of at least in this first episode, Sammy kind of sounded like the somewhat healthier, less disordered of the two and would kind of jump in to kind of like course correct Jenna. Um, Jenna lived in Hoboken. You know, she was getting married. And apparently her Instagram handle at that time was Happy Slim. And she had that Instagram handle to like hold herself accountable because she was trying to slim down for the wedding. And... She met Sammy. When she met Sammy, she was trying like every diet under the sun so she could talk to her clients about why they shouldn't do that diet. She was doing a 21-day cleanse, but but telling clients not to. She tried the blood type diet. She just basically tried everything. Uh, She tried juice cleanses. She was taking a laxative on Sunday to feel lighter on Monday, over-exercising, and all this time hating her body, but then talking about how it was also the happiest time of her life because she was getting married. And she said on her wedding day, she was so malnourished malnourished, that she was the drunkest in the room. She, because she had cut carbs for the wedding, she was hammered by nine. She, again, these are the notes I took. She did eat a bagel, but then she now tells people not to stop drinking before the wedding because you need to build a tolerance. So again, there was so much here. There was like, she was just rambling. And again, this is their very, very, very first podcast episode. So I give it grace because I'm sure, you know, I'm sure I've had a few that are super, super rambling. But the story was just so all over the place that it like, and I get it. Like, I think as we look back and we're trying to reflect on all, like, I think all of us humans were all very complicated with so many sides of us that sometimes it is hard to encapsulate a, a, a time period in our lives when, yes, we were we were disordered, we had disordered behaviors, but yes, it was also a happy time of of life trying to prepare for the wedding. So, I get the conflicting 
and and the complicated emotions involved in trying to explain who you were in this time period and how it related to like why you became this registered dietitian but it, it it was it was a little hard to follow and and again from this first story i was like oh i get that review but i think again i think a lot of us like i'm not judging i'm not judging her i think i still have my own disordered shit that i'm working on i think a lot of us do so i think at the she's i think jenna has has made a lot of strides since then and i and i'll get into that because i then reviewed a much later podcast that they had done. So anyway, this was just hard to like take notes. And I was like, I'm not going li- to go listen to this again and rewind it. I'm just going to take my notes and I'm going to do the best I can trying to review this podcast. So so anyway, she's like, so Sammy was like, yeah, don't cut carbs before your wedding. So and later on, you learn that her trainer, Jenna's trainer, had told her not to drink while she was training for her wedding and that's why she had like hadn't drunk months stopped going out with her friends before her wedding stopped really living her life so that she could follow her very restrictive meal plan and training plan that was given to her by her trainer and therefore had zero tolerance for her wedding and just got way too drunk so i look i i that taylor strecker did the same thing <laughs> so uh i you know again we all a lot of us have done these types of disordered things. So again, this is this is like their very first episode. So so then Jenna she said she was using pills, thought she looked chubby. In her mind, she loved exercise. Um no, she looked chubby in her mind, but she was she loved exercise. She she looked she, she was struggling mentally. She would. She said she would restrict. She would binge. She started weightlifting. She would pair high intensity training with weightlifting, and so she says she was eating more than ever and lifting a lot and getting praised and getting compliments, and people didn't worry about her, but they also didn't know mentally that she was struggling. So this is where again this this whole story was so all over the place because in one in one sentence she's saying she ate a ton but then then she, in the next sentence she said she lost her period and was mainly eating high protein lost relationships with people around her and and had so I think what she was she was doing is she was eating a lot of just clean whole foods that's what I'm going to take from that and people would see her eating a lot, but it was just like weight loss food, basically. Uh, and so she was, you know, res- she was still basically restricting. And but people didn't know that that she was struggling mentally. And so she said that she's had to do a lot of mental health work, a lot of therapy. She had body dysmorphia stemming from when she was 12 years old. So now she feels that she's healthier because she's gained six pounds in the past year. She got her period back and, you know, she realized that what she was doing at that time was just not sustainable. And she's like, now she's focused on supporting, you know, being a few pounds heavier having your mental health. It's the most important thing. You know, she said she, she's, 
then told a story about how she went back to the OBGYN to report this exciting news that she had gained six pounds and got her period back. Um, she'd had her her period four months in a row, which had never happened. And the nurse, she said, the nurse asked her, "Okay, so you gained six pounds. Do you, you know? Do you want to talk about it?" As if the nurse was like, "That's a, that's something you should be concerned about." Now, I wonder if that was in Jenna's head or whether that or the nurse actually intended that, because when you're disordered, and and she clearly at this period of time was very in her disordered phase you you perceive what people are saying you saying to you through a lens so i would assume that that jenna thought that the that the nurse was judging her so you know i'll i'll give her that she heard that but whether the nurse actually had that intention or whether that was what jenna perceived that because of her disordered eating who knows so anyway, Sammy's like, what? How dare she? But, you know, I, I have my own personal doubts as to whether the nurse actually, you know, again, intended to insult her like that or th- whether the nurse actually thought that that was a bad thing. Um, anyway, so Jenna says she relates to the audience in that she's been there. She's done that. She remembers meeting Sammy and, you know, she she really um appreciated Sammy because Sammy always loved food and and so now we get to Sammy's story. So so first Sammy wants to talk about that she knew Jenna when she was going through this whole transition and that she has a lot in common with her because they went to Penn State together and but that you know she wants to talk her she said her disordered habits started in high school. She said she always had thin privilege. She said she came from a family of very tall, thin people. And she had a friend that that died when she was young. And she had a lot of trauma around that. Her sister had passed away. Or, um, sorry, I think it was her sister that, that passed away. I think her sister had passed away and they had a friend. They were both into in an accident. And she said that she she lost a lot of weight during that stress. But then when she was dealing with the trauma, she would then comfort herself with food and she just lost herself in that food. So in high school, she would actually track her weight. She was counting calories. And she really doesn't know you know, where those behaviors came from. She doesn't understand who told her to start tracking things or who. And I think a lot of us have that, like we're not sure kind of like where we started those. I think it's a lot of media and society, things we pick up on unconsciously. She said that, Sammy said she always loved food. She decided to study food because of that love. And she said that kind of turned her into more of a mess. <clears throat> she said that in college, she felt like she she was, had like obsessed orthorexia, like an obsession with health and fitness. Uh, she had extreme binging. She would she would go, like do the like starve herself all day, but then do the drunk food binging, hoagies, pizza. But she was also a trainer. So she felt like she had all this pressure to look good and and to to be healthy. So she's like, that's what got her crazy. Like she's like, I'm becoming a dietitian, but I'm also doing all of these like binging, restricting. 
And she'd gotten accepted to this dietetic internship. And she's like, oh, my God. She's like, I'm going to be a dietitian. And and I have all of these, these not-so-kosher behaviors. She said she hated her internship, but she loved her intern friends. And, you know, she was just really at that time trying to figure out what being, you know, what it meant to be a registered dietitian. You know, and she's like, I hated my body. and And it was at her internship that she met Jenna on her first job. She actually met Jenna on her first job. She had moved to Hoboken. I guess a lot of people from Penn State moved to Hoboken. And that same partying, you know, drink binging culture still persisted. She did meet her future husband, Luke. And she said before she met him, her behaviors were terrible. But Luke challenged her to eat healthier, to, you know, look at her behaviors, to form good habits. She said then she started intuitive eating. She didn't exactly know what that was at the time, but she just was feeling better. And and then she decided to move to Florida, which got Jenna very upset. But apparently Sammy works with a sports dietitian now uh, and and... And she recognized that everything she was doing at the time was still very weight loss centered. And and she's like, well, I can't promise weight loss to these people that want to lose weight because I don't know how their body works. And and everything that she was taught was always, it's just about being in a smaller body. But actually what she realized was that they needed intuitive eating. So now Sammy teaches intuitive eating behaviors, health promoting behaviors, you know, water intake, you know, what makes you feel good, you know, movement, choosing foods that love you back, that, those types of things. She said she she believes in the weight set point uh, and she was above her weight set point. So she did become smaller just through intuitive eating, but it wasn't through intentional weight loss. Uh, and so, so yeah, so I think through that just explanation of who they were, I think they they both went on this kind of like self-discovery. Sammy is able to articulate it a little bit more clearly than Jenna, I think. Uh but they're they're both fun girls. I mean, they're they're they have a lot of the same behaviors that my friends and I had in college. I mean, you know, we would I mean, I would binge on like cheap vodka and we would order pizza and breadsticks and just everything and just, you know, eat until we fell asleep at like 2 a.m. So and college is really healthy. Uh, so so Sammy's like, nutrition tip, we don't give a fuck what you eat. We're here to help. Uh, Jenna's like, nutrition is not all about food. And most people can pick out, you know, the nutrient-dense foods. It's just more about working on your relationship with food, your mental health, uh, getting away from this like diet culture mentality that's just about you need to be smaller, 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 lose that last five pounds. So it sounds like they are, they've had that awakening that they need to kind of like get out of that kind of mode. And again, when I read that negative review saying that these were just disordered people repackaged, and I then I listened to that first episode, I'm like, ah, okay. But again, that was their very first episode. So then I went and looked at the this idea of 
so they so later on, like months and months and months further down, as they had been podcasting, they did this other podcast that explored their relationship with alcohol. And I thought, oh, this is this is interesting because I thought on their first episode I was kind of taken aback that they that it was so centered around alcohol. <clears throat> and I didn't understand like why it was centered around alcohol. But but I also didn't hear in that first episode that they had called themselves the drunk dietitians. That was actually the name of their podcast. So 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 I went and listened to this other episode that said this is this episode's about our relationship with alcohol. So I went and listened to that and it said basically they had what they had realized is that you know they had they had started with this name the drunk dietitians because they thought it was cool, they thought it was fun, they were trying to be funny, you know, and the, you know these are I don't know. I'd say there's they're probably in their late twenties, probably early thirties, and so still kind of in that college mode where you know binge drinking is cool, but but they didn't realize that talking about this, being so lighthearted around alcohol, could actually be harmful to some people. Uh, and so so they had gotten feedback, a lot of direct feedback about their name choice, about you know about other people's struggles with alcohol. So they wanted to talk about their own relationship. So Jenna started out saying that she's never really had a problem per se with alcohol, but her mom told her that there was alcohol in the family and, you know, and, and, you know, just to be aware of that, that, that she could, you know, have an issue one day because she has that in her family. And, you know, she at first was under the mentality, you know, she would, she would not eat in college so that she would be able to drink more calories. And she recognizes that that's not healthy. But, you know, she and her husband, you know, they like to go out and have a glass, you know, a a beer, have a dark beer, have a glass of wine. They like to enjoy that experience. Now, at at this time during this podcast, she's pregnant. So obviously, she's like, this doesn't apply to me now. But, you know, she's like, now I'm I've gotten away from doing the the binging. You know, my husband and I now just like to go out and have a drink together. And Sammy talked about, well, first it's funny because she's like, well, this isn't like a diet like F Factor where they actually build alcohol into your like breakfast, lunch, and dinner and count it as a carb. She's like, that's very toxic. So it's it's kind of funny that they're and again, F Factor is a diet. I mean. And, and it is a somewhat restrictive diet, but they're actually trashing on it because they're basically saying the F factor builds in wine and alcohol. Now, at LA Weight Loss, which also where I used to work, which obviously was a weight loss plan, we would have the, the alcohol count as a fruit, which I think makes sense. I mean, if you are counting it and you do want to cut back on something else during the day, you know, alcohol is sugar. So it to me, it kind of made sense. Yeah, eat a little bit less fruit that day. And, and the wine is actually fruit. So I, I don't think that that's disordered. Some of you may disagree, but I think that that just kind of makes sense. Anyway, they, they don't believe that that is a good choice. They think that that's riddled in diet culture. It, it kind of is. But again, if you're trying to maintain weight, you do want to think about sugar intake. Anyway, um, so Sammy talks about how 
her relationship with alcohol started at Penn State, where it was normalized to binge. And actually, she says, and when she really thinks about it, in high school, she's like, the cool kids drank. And she's like, she was surrounded by those kids. So, So she actually started drinking way earlier than college at the age of 16. I did too, but I did, I wasn't, I drank maybe once or twice a lot in college or high school. My, my heavier drinking was definitely in college. She said at Penn State, people would drink Tuesday through Sunday, which is like, damn, that is crazy. She said, now in my college, it was Thursday through Saturday, which I, I already, those three days, that's enough. Can you imagine going to a college where you drank Tuesday through Sunday? Ugh. She said people would drink cheap vodka. <laughs> they kept like naming these different brands and like being like, oh, this is bringing back bad memories. That's exactly how I feel about this five o'clock vodka that we used to get. Oh, we'd get a huge handle, drink it with Diet Coke. I still can't drink Diet Coke because of that. Um, so then they talked about how, you know, then they both moved to Hoboken and everybody continued to party. You know, Jenna was getting married. She was at the height of her disordered eating. Oh, and this is this is where she talked about how her trainer told her to stop drinking because it would ruin her progress. So that's when she stopped drinking, stopped going out. And she's like, this is what diet culture does. And I do get that, right? She that that is very diet culture where before your wedding you just don't even socialize because you're trying to be so perfect about every single thing you put in your in your body. And it makes you miserable. And it's literally to fit into a dress and immediately gain weight after that. It's 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 so stupid. So um Sammy talked about how alcohol is so part of the social scene. It's just hard to say no. She's like, but for people who need to work through emotions, you know, alcohol will numb you. So it's not a good idea for people that have, you know, tough emotions to work through. Uh, And so so then they just talked about how they're going to be rebranding at this juncture they had not picked out the name what the actual fork it sounded like they were going to work with a professional branding team and it's a very clever name so whoever they chose did a great job with it I think it's a really good name for a podcast I think it's good that they changed their name from the drunk dietitians because obviously drinking is toxic alcohol is really bad for you and again I'm doing dry January I'm not on my high horse here I just you know again part of why I wanted to cut down and try to moderate a little bit is because of how toxic alcohol is to your system. You know, Sammy talked about how, you know, when you drink, your body is solely focused on trying to get it out of your system and how your metabolism can only focus on breaking down that alcohol. So it kind of stops breaking, you know, focusing on anything else that's going on. And it's just trying to work through that that toxic alcohol. So, and, you know, a lot of people, you know, get bad skin. I crave grease the next day. I get wicked bad anxiety now. So, so I think it's smart, you know, again, talking about just overall health improvements as a registered dietitian, intuitive eating. I mean, it sounds like they're focused on a lot of the same, a lot of, you know, healthier things now. Um, but I, I do think it's a good podcast. I'm sure they actually, the last episode that just came out is all about 
kids being put on weight loss drugs, which is insane. And, you know, big pharma, there's apparently there were new guidelines that were released for obese children. So I've got to do that episode. So I'll probably reviewing be reviewing that pretty soon. Uh, I have a few other um, ideas for podcasts and new podcast review. I'll probably do wholehearted eating. So I would love for all of you to go follow me on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I would also love for you to leave me a review. Uh, That just means scroll down wherever you listen to podcasts, leave me some stars, leave me a comment, good or bad, would love to hear it. Uh, DM me if you have any ideas for upcoming podcasts, would love to hear what you'd like me to talk about. Uh, And until we meet again... I hope all of you have a very balanced